the claim for a VAX Krispy Kreme with my cardigan Showing on my head some bright red specks Am I gonna fit in? Jumped in the cab, here I am for the fifth time Look to my right and I see the pharmacy sign This is all so crazy Everybody seems so hazy My tummy's turning and I'm feeling kind of vac sick High blood pressure and I'm nervous That's when the vaccine man turned on the radio And a Vax Jam song was on And a Vax Jam song was on And a Vax Jam song was on So I put my hands up and played my song Arrhythmia flies away I'm not in my head like and good evening. My name is Josh and I'm joined as always by Just Bob. And special guest Werdna. We're the folks who help me find the method of the madness. Reason in the reasonable makes sense out of nonsense because this is okay. Hear me out. Werdna and Bob, how y'all doing this evening? <laughs> doing good. I always feel great after a good vaccine song. <laughs> <laughs> Just It enhances the evening, makes it a little bit better. Uh, gives me uh, reasons to live. Definitely need and supply of those. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, so I was going to tell you guys, I, I fucking, um, I checked out your episode last week about, uh, what was her name? Margaret Hamilton? Yeah. Genius and, revolutionary software engineer of a generation. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, um, you know, I I myself I fancy myself a little bit of a software engineer myself. Um, so I, I was reading into that stuff, and and I'm normally I'm pretty good at making sense of things. Um, like I can read documentation all day and understand it. And even if I mean, it doesn't, you're on the show. Like where you make sense out of nonsense. That, that's 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 when I when I say the three things there. That's what you're bringing to the show. <laughs> Bob's the method of the madness guy, and I'm the reason and the unreasonable. You're the make sense out of nonsense. <laughs> go, go on. <laughs> You know, normally I can pick stuff up, and even if it doesn't make complete sense, I can kind of see where they're coming from, right? And so I read through that stuff, and I was like, I was looking at it, and, and the main thing, the one thing they keep bringing back up about this woman is that she supposedly created this revolutionary software development method, something that they call uh, development before the fact. And so I'm like, okay, I'm I'm curious at this point. This is something, you know, it came up in the, I guess, the early 90s, and uh, I'm like, what? What does that entail? What does that even mean? And as far as I can tell it, it's the dumbest fucking thing on the planet. Because it's uh, uh, basically just the way that boomers look at software development. It literally says like, oh, uh, yeah, just don't write any bugs in your code. Just ha don't have code. Don't have errors. Like, make things that are reusable. It's like, oh, thanks. It takes a real fucking genius to figure that out, doesn't it? I mean, have, have you tried that? Have you, like, gone to your day job and, like, tried just not writing bugs in your code? Or are you yeah. just close-minded and just assume that it won't work off the bat? I get where they're coming from, too. And I can see where, you know, when we're talking about, you, you know, rocket ships and shit, maybe, like, stuff like that would be important. Like, you have a very, really low risk tolerance because somebody could fucking burn up in a ball of flames unless. Um, <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> 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 but, you know, at the same time, it's counter to like, you know, years and years of software development, you know, in the 90s, like we looked at things differently. And now we've gone through enough iterations of this. There's millions of billions of fucking people on the planet, you know, writing software nowadays. There's so many different startup companies and everything that we've kind of got development down to a formula at this point where people know what works and doesn't work. 
most people nowadays use the fucking agile method, right? And so fucking the whole thing with that is like you actually have somewhat of a high risk tolerance or you control for it using automated mechanisms or whatever. But it's like risk is part of the game. <laughs> it's not like you're just completely risk averse like, oh, we're just never going to release anything. You can't ever have a bug that's uncalled for. It's like you don't even fucking know that you have bugs until you let somebody touch it. Like, that doesn't make any sense what you're saying. It's Is that why my iPhone operating system sucks these days? Is because you're using this this weird agile system? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know this, this actually, I'll, I'll save it for later, maybe in another episode, but this actually ties into my new segment, uh, Humanity Peaked in the 90s. Maybe the development before the fact, maybe oh that trend God. in the 90s that they figured out with code is... is um, you know, that's the peak of software, uh, <laughs> software development, software er, yeah. code development, and it's only gone downhill since. All of the new shit oh. we've had since the 90s, it, it all just sucks because, you know, we didn't follow <laughs> that method. As somebody who lived in the 90s, I can concur. We had, we, back then we had fucking Ninja Turtles on Super Nintendo, man, and now we just have, I don't know, fucking computers and iPhones and shit. It's all gay. How dare you besmirch the good name of <laughs> Margaret Hamilton and the good that she did for the software engineering community, which she coined herself. If any listeners would like to call us because they haven't been able to the past two weeks <laughs> and tell Werner exactly why he's a bigot for saying such things about such a lovely lady, you can call us at one. 833-666-911. Again, that's 1-833-666-0911. All right. There is a 0% chance that that bitch came up with the boomer way of doing software development. <laughs> that shit's been around since the beginning of time, like with the dinosaurs and shit, you know? She was revolutionary. She's the avant-garde of software engineers. And the fact you're disrespecting her like this, I, I cannot, cannot take it. I hope... At the last topic of the day for the show, I hope you don't besmirch the last topic that we bring in and the person that we'll be talking about then either. Because these women in science, they do so many wonderful things. All right, I'll, I'll let you get on with... Uh, what are we talking about today? We're not, you brought they in... the uh, way for you men, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, so the, I... I spent some time today, like watching a, you know, because I like I work from home, so I have my left left side of my screen. I'll have up if there's a live stream of something exciting going on, I'll have that up. You know, when fucking January six happened, right here, I'm sitting right here, like <laughs> eating all the popcorn with a big smile on your <laughs> <Yeah>. face. Oh, <laughs> that was that a fun day. Actually, that... I've ever seen Wordna. <laughs> and um. I remember you know, where I was and how much I laughed. <laughs> I, w I was right here. I got, I got like a lot of texts that day. Like, are you safe? Are you not downtown? <laughs> well, more than like during actually dangerous events in town. <laughs> and so I, I today they were doing a, a hearing. I watched several things. I watched there was a hearing about the trains. Um, you know, Biden reve uh, revealed his new like budget plan and all that. Um, but the most exciting thing was this whole Twitter hearing that they had. It was, um, you know, Matt Taibbi and the other guy, Schellenberger. Uh, I can't, Schellenberger, yeah. Yeah, I don't remember his Michael, first name. Michael, maybe, yeah. Um, but yeah, they they were talking about those the Twitter files, basically. And it was a congressional hearing to talk about the government's uh, basically 
role in filtering or uh, censoring Americans, you know. So uh, the key word that they used to describe it at the beginning um, was, I think it was Schellenberger that coined, I don't know if he coined the term, but he used it at the beginning of the hearing, was censorship industrial complex, which I thought was... So the the purpose of the hearing was to bring in some of the experts on dismantling the censorship industrial complex to help suggest how better to censor Americans. <laughs> no, Josh. So, I mean, why, why else would they be like, I, I, that, that, that kind of is a real question too of like, what is the whole premise of the hearing to begin with? Is it just like, Oh, come in and talk to us about uh, this bullshit we've been up to. Is, the is that, only, that it? <laughs> the only purpose of it is like, okay, over the last few years, we all knew this was going on. Like, you know, you would see, uh, let's go back to like 2020, beginning of 2020. There was like a big change in social media, like the way we were interacting with it. You know, we knew before that there was like, you know, if you're a conservative online, you're more likely to get banned, you know. Or even if you like funny comedians, you would get like the comedians yeah. would be banned. The Yeah. <clears throat> you can't like, be too you funny online. To, uh, Tim Pool with Jack Dorsey on Joe Rogan. Um, I'm pretty sure they debunked like all those things you're talking about right now. <laughs> so, you know, but there was a big change that happened around that time period, like, and especially re- regarding like the vaccine was a big one. Um, you know, and then the 2020 election it became another big thing later on. But you know, early in 2020, it was like there were certain things that were just off limits that we couldn't even talk about. And many of them were just true, just objectively true. The lab leak theory. And fucking, uh, yeah. And the, we the- saw what was happening <laughs> in real time, you know, and there was like after the 2020 election, there was that article, that Time Magazine article that came out that said, you know, the secret. What was it called? Like the cabal. secret plot the, to the shadow, shadow something. <laughs> It was the a cabal. secret said cabal shadow cabal that, you know, did good. <laughs> like they just Donald color Trump's re-election. This. Yeah. <laughs> but we knew all this shit was happening. The problem is there's always been this disconnect with like the mainstream public. And I, and I talk about a lot, like, you know, when I talk to my parents, you know, they're kind of disconnected from reality, like the reality that I know, because, you know, I see this shit happening and I can, and I can look at it and say, like, okay, well, that's just something that's objectively true that's happening. You know, but right. they, they can't take it as real until it has some sort of indication. Congress, the media, etc. Like, you know, it needs – something needs to elevate it to that point where it's in, like, the normal people's, like, lexicon and, like, you know, mindset. And I if think – CBS doesn't report on it, it's not important or real. <laughs> Yeah, Congress lends a lot of credibility to it, whether whatever you think of Congress. I think that I've had these conversations with my dad before, you know, talking about like the Russiagate stuff and, and uh, you know, Operation Crossfire Hurricane and all that. And it's like, well, this is in the congressional record. Like it's, you know, the Senate had said, quote, that it was the most corrupt investigation in the history of the country, you know. And that's mm-hmm. something that I can point to and say to him you know, this is what happened and he's not going to discredit it because he's a boomer and he values Congress. <laughs> well, how, how effective is that with, uh, like people other than, other than your dad? Because my, my experience and my like in general impression is that no one else other than you spends time listening to Senate, uh, hearing live streams and like actually going into depth and to the official record and what's going on and what is like what's being said there 
And uh, so it's very much what's filtered by the media of what they said was said there if they decided to cover it all. And it's uh, no, I'm not going to listen to this, uh, you know, 10 hour um, Senate hearing live stream to, uh, you know, take some quote out of context. Uh, you're talking out your ass, Wardna. That's uh, that. That's my general impression of like what how people respond to that. Uh, that yeah, there's point. there's different levels to it, right? Like normal people, like if if the media is talking a ton about fucking, you know, Cardi B used to drug people and rob them. Like everybody just accepts that is true. Everybody, you know, and there's there's not really a lot of resistance well, to that. Like to you, be fair, you'd be like a fringe that, minority. She said that in public. To everyone. So it was kind of hard to like not right. believe that. <laughs> but it's not enough for her to what jo I think kind of what Josh is saying is like it's not enough for her to just say it. It's not enough for it to just be real anymore. Right. Because right. like they, it needs need it needs some it sort of indication. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like tweeted on how, a verified account. How naive <clears throat> and just sad a, that type of person is in my opinion. It's like, oh, I got to wait for like the news media to say it. To, for me to believe it it's like well right they said we had weapons of mass destruction both congress the senate <laughs> the, the pentagon every news station said that iraq had weapons of mass destruction so where does that leave us exactly I, I think a lot of it is conditioning even if you logically know that this is an improved form of evidence and like uh, that it is you know somebody giving a real account or that there is uh real footage real evidence something objectively true there that happened um, I think we've very much been conditioned over the last several generations, uh, or at least, you know, generations older than us, um, for sure, that um, it doesn't feel right, it doesn't feel true until you get it from Walter Cronkite or wh right. whoever. And, well, and that, that affects, like, even, you know, you and I, because, like, as I'm watching this thing, I'm like, I'm feeling a sense of relief, because we knew that it was going on, but now, like, yeah. to me... Oh, there, there we go, yeah. Now to you're, me, you're it, it was like say it. something is like making it feel more real and legitimate now. Like, like, uh, um, I hate to say it that way, but it's like, you know, I can now talk to my dad about it and say, did you know that this happened? And and he's like, well, where's that? And I can say it's on the congressional record. You know what I mean? Like there were journalists like well-respected, you know, uh, four times New York Times bestseller, you know, fucking Pulitzer Prize winning journalists that were sitting here. And, fu and fucking, uh, you know, making this point. And they had no political motive or reason to do so other than they just protect free speech, you know? Right. <laughs> I guess, uh, to, to wait, hold on. To, to play into that, though, because I think it's like a little bit of like a herd mentality kind of thing where it's like uh, said in the news, uh, whether most people believe in the news or not, I, like people said it in the news and now they have like this like conformity well not uh well like safety in having that opinion and knowing that other people will hold that same opinion and that you're you won't be ostracized for holding that opinion you know what i mean it's like oh thank god i can yeah. say this out loud now because other people even if it's not a majority of people hold the same opinion yeah, and, and you don't see a lot of people like like to give an example, like a concrete example that we can look at over the last few years. You don't see a lot of people like clinging to defend the RussiaGate narrative anymore because everybody now knows it was made up and fucking stupid. And we have all of this shit on record that shows how fucking made up and stupid it fucking was. Right. <laughs> I, I'm sure if you talk to a normie like 
a lot of people would still be quick. I, I, I haven't brought it up with people. You'll find one months, every here so, and there, but yeah, it's definitely yeah. lost a lot of credibility. Yeah, it, it, well, it's lost a lot of uh, lost a lot of yeah, steam, as it were. Um, and yeah, the media has definitely slowed down with uh, referencing it. But I, I swear I've heard clips with no agenda in the last six months where people still reference Ruff, like like newscasters and or news pundits still reference Russiagate as as being a real thing. But may, <laughs> maybe I'm just uh, uh, remembering back to like a year ago or something. Well, they they even brought it up in this hearing. There's there's people. Um, and that was um, God damn Bob. It. If you have the um, there's there's a clip that I had. Um. And it was called, uh, sorry. Uh, there's, I labeled it some retard asking questions about Russiagate. Um, there we go. Mr. Schellenbeck, do you believe that the Russians engaged in a hack and release campaign with respect to the, uh, damaging information they released, uh, regarding the Clinton campaign? To the best of my awareness, that is what happened. Okay. Yes. Fair enough. Thank you. Uh, that's not so the same thing. The as- reason... Influencing. I understand. I understand. Yeah. That material was true. Yeah. I've been, look, uh, <laughs> I, let me introduce a couple of documents. He said, also, that was all true. Uh, and then he's just Matt, laughing. Matt, uh, <laughs> Matt Taibbi is, is great, by the way. If people don't know who Matt Taibbi is, he is a journalist. He used to write for like the Rolling Stones. He, uh, yeah. he's. I think on the Intercept, too, or was that just Glenn Greenwald? I, that might be just Glenn Greenwald, but they do oh, work see, I, closely I, I together and up. they, they kind of, they pal around together online, like on Twitter, him and Glenn Greenwald, but he's great because he's a journalist that is way too on the spectrum. Like he's way too autistic to be lied yes. to, to be gaslit. Like you can't, yeah. you can't gaslight the guy. And he, like, he, he's amazing for that. Like, I just love how it, it doesn't matter like his own success. Like, cause he could be, like one of the world's like most notarized like journalists if he played ball, but he doesn't play ball because that's not the truth. <laughs> so Although Green Greenwald's probably even even uh, more so like that. He'll he'll go on for yeah. months and months writing about just a single topic and just cataloging uh, kind of everything the media is saying about it and uh, yeah, like, and, and delving into the stories. <clears throat> it's uh, it's crazy sometimes. He's just a little it, like I'm not I'm not really into. I'm not really into like um like sassy gay guys online is like not my thing but I actually love Grant, Glenn Greenwald even though he he's, definitely fits I, that rubric. I don't think I've ever he's heard him speak. Maybe not very sassy. Clip, I, I just read his Substack. He's less sassy than every gay guy in the news media that I know. <laughs> I don't know if you listened to his his old podcast that he had. I think he ended it like last year, but it was like him and I don't know if it was his boyfriend or like his like gay buddy or whatever, but they were on and they were always like it's super fucking sassy. He's like, oh, that fucking outfit that bitch is wearing. And like, but he's talking about news shit and stuff too. Like stuff that's like topical and like Dude, interesting. Adam you know? does that. <laughs> well, he's not a journalist though. And I'm like, he's man, a, I feel like such uh, a, I just feel like such a faggot for loving this. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> but it's great. The guy's like, he's, I, for those that don't know who he is, he was the guy that broke the Edward Snowden story. Him and, yes. uh, yeah. I forget oh, who the yeah, other person was, but he, uh, yeah, I mean, that's what he's, that's his claim to fame really is. And he had to flee the country after that. He lives in Brazil, I think. Yes. I think that's right. right. Let's jump right back into it with, uh, I believe, uh, Schellenberger first describes his, his catchphrase here. 
Censorship industrial complex combines established methods of psychological manipulation, some developed by the U.S. military during the global war on terror, with highly sophisticated tools from computer science, including artificial intelligence. The complex's leaders are driven by the fear that the internet and social media platforms empower populist, alternative, and fringe personalities and views which they regard as destabilizing. Federal government officials, agencies, and contractors have gone from fighting ISIS recruiters and Russian bots to censoring and deplatforming ordinary Americans and disfavored public figures. Importantly, the bar for bringing in military-grade government monitoring and speech countering techniques has moved from, quote, countering terrorism to, quote, countering extremism to countering simple misinformation, otherwise known as being wrong on the internet. The government... <laughs> being wrong on the internet. It's now, it's now a crime. A the federal it's government is going to hunt you down if you are wrong on the internet. And wrong military, is subjective. They, yeah, they get to decide what wrong is. <laughs> oh, Jordan is fucked. <laughs> for those of you listening that is a very retarded friend of ours he's the In, playstation raincoat guy inside joke he's a he's a uh well-known wrong thinker he's uh not in the good way <laughs> all right let's go on because he was on a he was on a stroll or a roll here no longer needs a predicate of calling you a terrorist or an extremist to deploy government resources to counter your political activity. The only predicate it needs is simply the assertion that the opinion you expressed on social media is wrong. These efforts extend to influencing and even directing conventional news media organizations. Since 1971, when the Washington Post and New York Times elected to publish classified Pentagon papers about the war in Vietnam, journalists have understood that we have a professional obligation to report on leaked documents whose contents are in the public interest. And yet in 2020, the Aspen Institute and Stanford Cyber Policy Center urged journalists to, quote, break the Pentagon Papers principle and not cover leaked, leaked information to prevent the spread of disinformation. Oh, God damn. Dude, that's so fucking sickening. Like, holy shit. Like, when, when, when he lays it out like that, it's like, yeah, like, he's absolutely right. This is exactly what they're doing. And journalists these days, like, they honest, they will straight up tell you on Twitter. It's like, well, it doesn't matter if it's true anymore. Uh, like, it, it's going to harm public health in, like, some fashion or something like that. In, in regards to COVID, at least. One of the Bob, things... I think, you, I think you're being short-sighted. If we <laughs> didn't have those irresponsible journalists in the early 70s, the U.S. might have won the war in Vietnam. <laughs> Think about that. Think about how much the world, how much different the world would be right now if the U.S. had won that war, and we could have killed communism <laughs> even faster, <laughs> right? And they even get faster. Yep. Later on in this, um, which I, I don't know if you want to keep playing it, but it's it's um, there's there's a nice little exchange there between Jim Jordan and the ranking Democrats and stuff, and it gets it gets kind of heated a little bit. But um, is the one so with that, hair hat that makes me think too. If uh. I think it might be in that same clip. Let me let me check out the the clips here. Um, Cause well, let me just yeah, play. You, you can play the hair hat one. Yeah, let's do that okay. one. You don't want the, the twenty eleven people to see. You don't want the American people to see what happened. The full video transparency. You don't want that, and you don't want two journalists who have been named personally by the Biden administration, FTC, in a letter. 
The Biden administration. And you're saying is they're not here to help us. They're here to tell their story. And frankly, I think they're brave individuals for being willing to come after they've been named in a letter come. from the Biden FTC. Is this your question time now? No, I'm responding to your ridiculous oh. statements you made in your in your opening statement. Okay, well let's get on with oh, it. Oh now <laughs> you, you missed her statement. She was saying that uh, she was I saying love... um, McCarthy shouldn't have uh, released January 6th footage to Tucker Carlson because it is quote unquote rewriting history. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they, they did bring that up like repeatedly. They're like, oh, how dare he? He gave like raw footage to Tucker Carlson. And it's like, oh, yeah, people seeing the light of day, people seeing what actually fucking happened is like a terrible, terrible thing, I guess. Like Th this is or what didn't happen. This is like the same tactics that like cops use when like they kill someone that's like an innocent person or like they do something really fucked up and they're like, well, we can't release the tapes because there's an ongoing investigation. It's like, well, the investigation should be into your colleague. I hope that's what you're investigating. They're like, well, we can't comment on the investigation. <laughs> and then, you know, they just wait like 10 months and they're like, oh, by the way, uh, we conclude our investigation and we're not we're not even going, going to acknowledge what the inve investigation was. We're just going to say it concluded and we didn't find anything. We're not pressing any charges <laughs> like that's Yeah. That's, it but this, How it is, happens. this whole hearing, I, I I don't know if it's just because like the, the Democrats don't control the house anymore, but like this whole thing, they've got a lot of fucking egg on their face. Like they, they lost the optics ward and they lost hard during this fucking thing. Cause they're in this con, this whole thing, they're in a constant position of like defending the deep state. And it's like, just so fucking embarrassing. Like in her opening statement, she has this clip from last week's hearing with, uh, it was a Twitter, like the head of trust and safety. Uh, his name is Yoel Roth. And, uh, it was like him talking about like, man, I've just been attacked so many times. And like, he's like talking about how, like they were attacking him over, like, you know, he, how he's letting like child porn on the internet. And, and he's like, there, everybody's just coming at with me with anti-Semitic slurs. <laughs> <laughs> they're calling you a, a pedophile they're not bringing up your jewishness although you just did for some reason <laughs> and she she had the audacity to put that in her opening fucking statement on this oh like, my like God. A bit, the video of it it was funny it's okay <laughs> disgusting all right next up we have richard stenger head of global oh, yeah, engagement I, center i got his i I got to set this one up a little bit. So like okay. the global engagement center. Okay. This is where they connect the dots from the state department to Twitter. Right. And sometimes it's a little bit more innocuous. Like the most common way that they would go about it is like, there would be um, the FBI. Sometimes it was the FBI. Sometimes it was the state department. Sometimes it was even, um, they even cited like the CDC would do it a lot. Um, and the FTC would do it. The, they would just literally all of these different arms of the government would reach out to Twitter and say, hey, here's a list of all of the accounts that violated your terms of service. And that alone, Very helpful. that alone is like pretty <laughs> shocking when it. Yeah, because like now, now that you, the government's in a position of saying like only ban these people, it's like, OK, now that's a slippery slope that you're that you're climbing into right there, because that's like. You know, it, it could get worse than that. It definitely could, which they do talk about that, too, because there were times where they said, hey, we'll give you three and a half million dollars if you'd ban all of these accounts. What? <laughs> and, uh, but but they framed it as like, oh, it was just a gift of three and a half million dollars. But there was times in the past <laughs> where they didn't take the gift. Right. 
like during the <laughs> Trump administration. <laughs> they did that pro bono. Because gifts come with expectations, right? We all know that. Like, you know, fucking... So they, they were basically coercing them with cash. Um, they were coercing them with cash to get them to do what they wanted them to do. Um, but yeah, so the Global Engagement Center, it is an arm of the State Department. And I had their website pulled up a minute ago. I think I just closed it. Um, but yeah, it's basically... Uh, on their website, it, sa- it says like their mission statement is something like to counter disinformation... Like with the uh, intent of like uh, basically stuff like foreign actors like coming and trying to interfere with our elections and stuff like that. So under the guise of that, they have this arm called the Global Engagement Center, right? Um, And under the Global Engagement Center, they created this like basically a shell company called Hamilton 68. What is Hamilton 68? You You know, you can go and look this up online right now. It's Hamilton 68 was basically a website that was created by the State Department, federal government contractors pay for with your tax dollars to like basically make lists of people that they wanted banned on Twitter, it, always under the guise of like, oh, they violated the terms of service. But it, it was the explicit intent of it was like to, to find Russian bots. Of course, we know now that like none of them were actual Russian bots and there's no way of knowing which ones actually were. So they're just banning, like, opinions that they don't want. Oh, my God. You know? Okay, so let's get to connecting these dots here. With uh, So he's talking uh, – here he's he's talking about, um, you know, the, the leadership structure of the Global Engagement Center in Hamilton 68. So. Okay. Or introduce the country to somebody else. I think you've mentioned it in one of your writings, Richard Stengel. You know who that is? Yes, he's the former uh, – the first head of the Global Engagement Center. I want the American people to hear from him for 30 seconds. Basically, every country creates their own narrative story. And, and, you know, my old job at the State Department was what people used to joke as the chief propagandist job. We haven't talked about propaganda. Propaganda, I'm not against propaganda. Every country does it, and they have to do it to their own population. Every country does it. Every country does propaganda, and they have to do it to their own people is what Mr. Stingle said. If I understand correctly, he was the head of the, of, the G, of the Global Engagement Center at its creation, right? He was, and in his book, um, Information Wars, there's, there are a number of passages where he talks about creating a whole-of-government solution to the information problem. He hastened to say that he didn't want to create any, a, quote, information ministry, and, but what he was describing roughly approximates that. In the half minute I've got left, he also was associated with Hamilton 68, right? Um, um, the, the Global Engagement Center certainly had ties to Hamilton 68. I yes. think it's closer than that. Well, that'll come out. Okay. <laughs> well, Mr. I'd be anxious to hear that. I hope I'll get yielded in a minute or two from somebody else down the way. There's all sorts of stuff to disclose. This committee has to uncover not this that single instance, but this system that you have described. This is the hope that Americans have to set this right. This committee and that hostility shows what we're up against. It's not three pillars that's, to, the, that's good. to the system. I... <sighs> I'm actually not surprised that they're just coming out in the open and saying these very, very retarded things. It's <laughs> See, I think the problem is this guy uh, that they're referring to thinks he's the chief propaganda officer. What's crazy? He's what? one of many. 
He's <laughs> not <laughs> so important. Yeah. One of the craziest Thanks, things Josh. about this Hamilton 68 thing was that it came out in in the aftermath of the 2016 election when in in you know the whirlwind of the whole like Russian disinformation like the Russians hacked the machines to elect Trump whole bullshit formed the organization coming out of 2016. Yeah, the the whole made up narrative by Hillary that the that Trump only won because of Russian hacking of the machines, which we all know is fake now. And fucking um okay. Yeah, Hamilton 68 was like the State Department's answer to that. Like, yeah, we're going to prove Hillary right. And they made this fucking website that just like is feeding accounts to Twitter like ban all of the right-wing voices, just ban all of them. So and, the and State Twitter Department went ahead and actually did ban them. Yeah, I, I would assume so, right, Werner? Yeah. So they they talk about that in the um in the here like was your question about uh, sorry I I missed it was was like they, they at, can, uh, Hamilton sixty eight can make as many recommendations as they want. Did Twitter actually go ahead and ban every like user on their lists? Right. So they did. Number one, they did. But number two, uh, yeah, okay, that got brought up by some of the Democrats during the hearing about whether or not um, they were actually like coerced or forced to do it. Now there were certain emails that were su- that, uh, and I didn't timestamp it or clip it at all. But like there were certain parts um, in there where they had emails that said basically, "Hey, here's a list of two hundred thousand accounts, or uh, probably not that many, but like you know, here's here's a few thousand accounts, like." Um, what do we need to do to get these removed? Like th- they would, they were a little bit more forceful than just saying like, we recommend removing these because your terms of service or well, whatever. They I'm were, they sure were the coercion element even matters in the situation. Cause, cause the, the part of this, uh, and listening to, um, Taibbi and Schellenberger's opening statements, the important part of this or part of, part of the crux of this is that for the the first amendment issues to come into play and for the censorship issue to come into play it's that uh it's that it's the government who is censoring people not the private company um who with their their private uh, platform um right. and but in that situation like the government is directly advising it they don't like they're they're the ones who are guiding this situation and ultimately you know putting event, events into motion that are getting these people banned it's not just like there, I don't think the coercion is even that important in this uh right chain of events. And and that's that's kind of the whole narrative that strings this all together is is like you know um it wasn't like they try to act like it's like oh well Twitter just did that of their own volition and the FBI just recommended it you know but there's some emails that they have where they say very explicitly it's like what do I need to do to get to the next step where you actually just fucking remove this you know like. Um, like they're treating it as like, it's a process and they initiate the process, you know? And, um, there's other, like basically everything else points to that. Like Twitter was like more than happy to just do whatever the fuck the FBI or whatever arm of the government just fucking said, if they said remove this, there was never like a second question. It, the other thing was that they showed that it got put into like a request queue system where like they could see in the request where it originated, but it basically it was like, oh, here's a ticket that comes from this department, and now do this. You know, it's it's, it's kind of hilarious how like formal or procedural, like just d- directive requests that that these government organizations are making. Uh, because I, I'm thinking like you know for something that's uh, very much um, you know not good behavior uh, in this situation, like 
if you are doing crime or selling drugs or whatever, you're not going to leave a paper trail with a specific request and like, you know, completed form of everything going on. <laughs> like this, it's, it's yeah. weird to me that they would have this exact like exchange easily available, uh, uh, requesting these accounts be taken down. <clears throat> well, one thing and everything. One thing you have to remember is that th th we're talking about hundreds of thousands of emails. So, like, I think that the ones that we're paying attention to are, like, mostly, like, the missteps. But if you can read in between okay. the lines, you can understand that that's what was happening. You know, but they were just very careful with their language and, like, how to tell them to do it, you know? Interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised at it at all, Josh, because there is no accountability for federal officers for the bureaucracies that they work for, the three-letter agencies that they they are employed by. There is zero accountability. They could do whatever they please, and the, the worst thing that will happen to these agents or these people like working for these agencies is they'll get an early retirement. Like, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, it never occurred it. to me that uh, any of these, uh, you know, State Department or FBI agents involved, that um, it never occurred to me that any of them would be uh, fired, disciplined, uh, otherwise reprimanded, or like that anything would happen to them in this situation. <laughs> so, the other um, one of the things that I had in my notes, and I'm not sure if it gets mentioned in any of these clips here was they actually had a name for this. They called it the Partner Support Program. This was, an, this was something that was part of the State Department. And so the, it, it was, was basically no the state... Vague and yeah, like happy-go-lucky it is. It's like something that like a preschool teacher would, would talk about. <laughs> yeah, but but we know we some of the Twitter files like have kind of colored. Like we understand what this is now. Mm -hmm. They had like basically a tasking board and it was like basically they're working as an arm of the government, like not directly for the government per se, but they pretty much are. And fucking, um, you know, they even have a name for the program and like they're they're reaching out to these companies and like giving them money incentives to like basically censor speech of all different kinds. You know, that well, oh anything that they want to censor, they'll censor it if they join this program. One more dot to connect to is that these requests, like these systems that they set in place to make these requests, are going from one federal agent to another federal agent who happens to be employed by a private company named Twitter. Because that was uh that that was also yeah. information that we got from the Twitter files was that these these companies like Microsoft, Apple, Twitter, Facebook, like they they just hire a bunch of former federal agents and spooks onto their staff and team and put them on the, the trust and safety councils, the moderation councils. And they are the ones like they're just, they are in line. Like this is the plan. There's like, well, the government can't do it, but we can just hire one of your agents who knows the drill and you can just give him instructions and he'll undertake it on our behalf as a private en entity. And so right. like that's and like, that's part that's part of um that's part of what enabled it like and and they did cite like a statistic of like what I I want to say it was something like half of the Twitter like uh uh employees that are safety. working in those type yeah. of positions yeah. like are former like State Department FBI etc. Right. Um. But well, but that's that's just like a competition thing. Like the the federal government can't <laughs> pay as competitive of rates for the top 
talent. As, yeah, they're uh, as they're just Twitter. the most talented people on the entire planet. That's what it is. They're yeah, just fighting yeah, over yeah. The, all the talent. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but um, the other thing that that you saw in a lot of the emails was like guy in the State Department emails his buddy who used to work in the State Department. You know, at his new job at Twitter at and Twitter. says, hey, yeah. could you go yeah. ahead and, and remove these 24 accounts? Like, <laughs> Great. Thanks, buddy. That's typically, like, how it happens. And they even have, yeah. like, there's an old phrase from, like, back during, like, the Cold War and stuff like that. It's, like, uh, regarding CIA agents, they, they say, like, you're never not an asset to the CIA. Like, once you're in the CIA, like, you're always, like, working for their, like, generalized goal. Basically, whether it's organized crime, you can just never get out. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, the federal government is just organized crime. Thank you, Josh. (laughs) Basically, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So, okay, where we left here. Oh, yeah, yeah, you can play the next one. Okay. (laughs) Reclaiming my time. I appreciate that because in some ways what you just said undermines the premise of this select committee which is that the federal government has been organized to weaponize uh, against conservative voices. Um, And, of course, what you've just indicated in your testimony is, well, actually, that's not the evidence you found. No, I think this committee, my understanding is that they're they're concerned about the weaponization of of the government against free speech, which is certainly what we're finding. Thank you. My time has expired, but I appreciate your understanding of our committee. I have a different understanding. I yield back. Well, you got the wrong understanding. Last week in the, in the full Judiciary Committee hearing, I introduced into the record a story of a left-wing journalist who said that, that talked about the FBI putting a paid informant, a felon, in the Black Lives Matter movement in Denver. I want to focus on the First Amendment just like protecting the First Amendment, just like these guys Point do. of order, Mr. Chair. Are you going to respond after oh, every? No, I'm everything? taking my five minutes. <laughs> I, I just He's love so that. Happy to get his talking points in. Well, you got the wrong understanding, brother. <laughs> Dude, I love the way that he talks, man. He's like my favorite guy in Congress. <laughs> awesome, <laughs> Matt Taibbi just sitting there. He's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love his ungaslightable face. It's so great. It's <laughs> a good point that like it's not. Uh, it's stupid. It's you know straw manning or scapegoating to politicize it. It's a uh, it's not an issue of left right. It's a a larger issue of uh, you know private public corruption uh, taking away written rights, established rights, or uh, infringing yeah. upon rather, or yeah, uh, and I, interfering with established rights. And I think to most people, like we see that, and it's like oh, it's annoying that it has to be that that it has to be like. Oh, now it's a, like a left-right issue. It's like, oh, the left wing wants to censor Americans and like, you know, have the government like doing all these weird propaganda things. It's like, fuck that, man. Like, why do? We, why is that the reality that we have to live with? Because now it's this left-right thing, and it's been the opposite way too. Like, you know, you had the conservatives like, oh yeah, privacy, you shouldn't have that at all. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> no, we're we're not. I think it's a matter of. Uh, thank God my parents raised me right, so I don't. Uh, have any of these opinions that the government might take issue with or have anything in my private life. Um, Are you doing something uh, illegal on the internet? (laughs) (laughs) 
All right. Um, and so we got another one here. Reese Hard Badgering to reveal the sources. Uh, Mr. Schellenberger, the same question, sir. When did you first uh, visit with or get contacted by Mr. Musk? I'm not going to reveal my sources, but like I said, I was invited by Barry Weiss. And I'm not was... asking for sources, sir. I'm just asking yeah, for chronology. I was... When did you first make contact with Mr. Musk? I don't know the exact date. Was it? It was December. It was December. December of, well, there's a lot of Decembers in December history. of last which, year. Which December? December of last year, man. Last year. The Look at the guy in the back. 22? Yes. All right. You know that guy's a now, Democrat, too. In, Look at how fucking gay he looks. In your answer, you also said <laughs> He's laughing his ass off. Like, Look at this dumb bitch. Barry Weiss? My friend Barry Weiss. So this friend works for Twitter, or what is, what is her? Um... She's a journalist. Sir, I didn't ask you a question. I'm, I'm now asking Mr. Schellenberger a question. Look at him laughing. I'm sorry, sir? She's a journalist. She's a journalist. So you work in concert with her? Um, yeah. Do you know when she first uh, was contacted by Mr. Musk? I, I don't know. You don't know. So you're in this as a threesome? Um, there was many more people involved. <laughs> there was many more people involved with it. Are you being paid to be here today, either through consulting fees, no, campaign contributions to your next not. run? Absolutely not. Do you have an interview scheduled after time this hearing? Expired. Absolutely not. Gentlelady's time has expired. Thank you. <laughs> Does she understand the situation at all? Like the awkward use of the term threesome to try and make some like weird connection where like people oh. in their mind think it's like a sex thing, like. Oh, like my. it's it's Barry Weiss and Elon Musk and this guy like having a three way like that's the the mental image she's trying to create. <laughs> no, there there's some funny phrasing because the the one to refer to um, House Minority uh, as Democrat like the the guy's using it but like he's kind of also referring to uh, the black woman chair of um of the council as well and he's just like kind of going through it I think he says it twice and then of course the, the intro the intro speech where it's uh, so brave of them to come uh, to congress today yeah. <laughs> a, lot, a, lot, a lot of good phrasing in this there, yeah there's a lot of good memeing to, to take place okay I highly suggest people actually look this one clip up uh, it's like an hour and 41 minutes into this hearing on this video that we'll, we'll be linking there's literally a lady in the background like face palming like fucking picard being like oh my god is this lady it's serious ten, it's 10 oh yeah right here it's just everyone laughing but yeah yeah at, at the point where bob mentioned the video like if you look in the background there are people laughing this lady is yeah, legitimately just face hand in face face yeah. with the, uh... mad taibis they're all chuckling at the bench like it's so oh my god we are being ruled by people lesser than us that is, like, these people in Congress are so dumb. They are so incompetent. Oh, they are. They're, they're useful so, idiots. So this, uh, you're, you're saying that the meek shall inherit the earth? Is that is that what you're saying, Bob? Uh, I, I think, yeah. I think yeah. look, I, I think there's smart people. <laughs> I, I think there's sm smart people in both parties. I think that, um, you know, you know, you look at the leadership of, of, like, the Democratic Party. Like, I think that there are a lot of, like, cold, calculating, like, motherfuckers that are, um, you know, pretty coercive to a lot of people these She's idiots not one of them this lady yeah these idiots that them. they have on this committee this is not their a team this is like their fucking c team and they're getting destroyed oh by the way josh this goes out to you i hate you <laughs> okay <laughs> all right got a oh, this clip. is uh 
this is vaccine CDC related content that relates to all of this stuff. Okay, perfect. The Pfizer trial results and then the CDC curated the FDA's opinion. The CDC said in their MMWR, which is never peer reviewed, they're very proud that it's not peer reviewed, they treat it like science, it's not science. They said that the vaccine was 92% efficacious for people who had already had COVID. The Pfizer trial data said no such thing. In fact, it, there was no support for that claim. So I called up the head of the CDC, recorded the conversation, the head in Washington, DC. She said she'd get the top scientists on the line. There was a snowstorm that day, so I was impressed. She got this top scientist on the line. They said I was eagle eye massy. They couldn't believe how that <laughs> statement had made it into their report and that I was absolutely <laughs> correct. There was no support for it. So uh, I said, how are you gonna fix it? You're gonna redact it, you're gonna change it, what are you gonna do? They said, we'll do all of that. I said, great. A month later, it was still on their website. I made some more phone calls. They brought in a, an old hand, an old fixer, Dr. Shushat. These are her notes with, uh, of, of her phone call with me about natural immunity. In January, when I called him out on it again, these are the entirety of her notes that were obtained uh, in my FOIA from somebody, a third party. Uh, I took all of my recordings, released them to Cheryl Atkinson. She, she blew Look them at the screen them. behind them when they cut back over. About it. Uh, here's, here's why <laughs> I find it interesting. I'm going to tie it into the Twitter uh, we're no, would you like to describe It's just the whole thing is redacted. You can't talk about natural immunity a, at all. It's, it's just all redacted. It's a giant blue box. <laughs> on a white with a white border that is a, like a nine eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper <laughs> all right yeah but, but more or less it's um you know stuff that like if you were to go on twitter and say no that's not true 92 percent. it's like there's no statistic for it because it's right. now it's on the cdc website so it's vindicated they can ban you from twitter for disagreeing with it and it's like come the fuck on you know and right. um yeah, they spent a lot of time also in this talking about like the Hunter Biden laptops and stuff, which there was one interesting detail that I got from that, that I, I'm sure it's been brought up before. I'm sure this is not new information, but this is the first time that it like caught my brain was fucking, did you guys know that the Hunter Biden laptops were an FBI possession before Rudy Giuliani had them? Well, I, yeah, I, I thought that the shop owner actually contacted the police and like law enforcement before reaching out to anyone else, right? Isn't that with the timeline of events? Well, how did that all happen? Like, like they went from the shop to the FBI and back to the shop. Like, what the fuck happened? I, I no idea. When when did you find out that they had it, or in the in the timeline of events? When, I just when do you? I caught when like I know that I've heard that before, but I just like somehow it didn't register in my brain. I know that I've heard that the FBI had those laptops, right? Okay. The, the laptop, the laptop, the Hunter Biden crack meth smoking crack pipe showing his penis on a hooker laptop. The only right. one and only the the Biden P tape. <laughs> so, so you, you think you think that the FBI went through the footage and uh, doctored it to make Hunter Biden's penis look bigger than it actually is? That got brought up too. They said they said that the, so the the Democrats on the on the fucking uh, on this hearing were saying that those hard drives were like implying that they were like doctored. It, it, this is like this weird optics war. It's like we all know all of that shit was real. 
But like right. they're they're like now saying like oh the the hard drives were die-. like they're trying to move it back to where it was where it was like oh it might not be real. It's like we already know that it's fucking real and like everybody's talking about it knowing that it's real. But yeah. they're like still trying to move it back into this area of just like but what if? It's like and so they they try to add they try to sprinkle in doubt by saying like, oh, but they said one version of the copies of the hard drives were like, you know, um, possibly tampered with. And it's like, oh, come <laughs> on, man. Tampered with, like, what did they do? Like, they made like AI, like fucking GPT-3 servers. They took to like re-enhance the videos to like make it look like he's on crack and like <laughs> digitally put his penis in a hooker's mouth and like his... <laughs> You know, fuck his fucking niece on camera. Like, yeah, the FBI cracked the laptop, edited in all the crack pipes into his hand. State of the art technology. Well, I mean, like, it, it, yeah, yeah. Well, that that was, that was more video a, um, synthesis GPT three. That was more an error on their hands on, on their ends that they were unable to sell him the crack in the first place. Oh, so this can't, can't this was my those. favorite. This was my favorite fucking clip right here. Okay. My f- one of the best tweets of all time was put on the congressional record. A couple of tweets from Kanye West, who now goes by Ye. At the time of these tweets, had 32 million <laughs> followers. Chaibi, can you read the tweet on left? Can you see the text there? I actually can't. My eyesight is not is not so great. I'll read it to you. It says, "I'm a bit sleepy tonight." Oh, uh, I can't when read I it. Wake up, I'm going death con three on Jewish people in all caps. <laughs> Funny thing is, I actually can't be anti-Semitic because black people are actually Jew. Also, you guys have toured with me and tried to blackball anyone who ever opposes your agenda. And can you see the tweet next to it? I can, yes. It's a, would you describe it? It's a Star of David, the swastika in the middle of it? Yes. Should those tweets have been taken down by Twitter? I think it's a difficult question. Hate speech is protected in the United States. Um, one of my heroes growing up was the Ukraine-born author Isaac Babel. He gave a speech at the first Soviet Writers' Congress, and he was asked if any important rights had been taken away. And he sarcastically answered, no, the only rights that have been taken away are the right to be wrong. And the crowd <laughs> laughed, but he was making an important point, which is that in a free country, you can't have freedom without the freedom to be wrong. Let's, uh, let's move on to a couple of other tweets, not from somebody. 32 million followers. Oh, who cares? That's not ye. Uh, uh, yes. <laughs> no, 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 play, play this one. It's, it's, it's funny. Okay. It's like real quick. Okay. This one says, Elon now controls Twitter. Unleash, unleash the racial <laughs> slurs. K-word and N-word. <laughs> all right, that's it. That's, it. that's all I want to say. On the congressional <laughs> record, anime character avatars like saying the N-word. <laughs> Kawoda Makoto. I'm gonna I'm gonna follow that account. <laughs> <laughs> so first off, like I, I think this this guy right here, like this to me, I, I laughed the hardest at this part because like this guy's just completely lost the plot. Like this is the one guy in this whole hearing that's like, oh, this is about content moderation. Should we ban this or should we not ban this? No motherfucker, no, no, that's I, not what any of this was about. Like you're the only person that is dumb enough to think that this what that's what this is about. No, we're we're in a counterpoint. I think he actually brings up a great point uh, that the of the truth in Kanye's tweets, where it's not actually these government organizations that are controlling the media; it's the Jews. 
The Jews. <laughs> wow, Josh. I pulled that trigger on us. <laughs> oh, that's great. So yeah, I, I can only assume that's like a deflection tactic on his part. Uh, he's not even like, deflecting well, at, 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 like in a good. He doesn't even have a good deflection strategy like the others do. Like I'm not saying that their yeah. strategies were particularly effective, but he's just complete. Like the other ones understand what the problem is and like how they need to like orient themselves towards the problem. And he's like, "Well, do you think everything should be on Twitter?" And it's like that's not even <laughs> close to what this is about. Like you have, you're like way off in fucking left field. Like, do you think anime avatars can use the N word on Twitter? Do you? <laughs> it's like, what does that have to do with the FBI <laughs> telling yeah. Twitter to to uh, censor people based on like their opinions on COVID? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, the whole thing's about the government and like the 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 tentacles of the government that go into Twitter and say like do these things like right. <clears throat> okay. So, do you have any final thoughts on, on the on the subject? Do you have any um, final takeaways on after watching that in, in, that entire uh, Senate hearing? Oh shit! I I mean, um, yeah, the whole thing. It's just like I kind of said it before, but it's it's just so like disheartening. It's just like everything has to be like a left right issue. It's like. Oh, like there, there's nothing that we can just say like, oh yeah, we don't want the government to come in and say that you're not allowed to say certain things or you're not allowed to like, you know, everybody that's like right of fucking Bernie Sanders needs to be banned from the internet. You would think that we would be like on the same page with that, but it's like, it's so disheartening to look at that and it's just like, oh no, 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 but Twitter are the good guys because they're the ones that are banning the mean people don't worry twitter is banning the anime avatar saying the n-word <laughs> because that's me <laughs> you know what i mean like there's and and it's it's always interesting watching those because you can see all these like women sitting in the back and stuff and and just like see their faces it's like she's figuring this out in real time she was like so happy to come down here and work in dc for these fucking fucking pedophiles like <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, we're, we're doing she, such good work getting hate speech off the uh, internet she's like i'm a good progressive i'm i'm working for the hillary campaign and fucking like she's like she has this vision of like what reality is and like it's so different than what she thinks it is and in real time she's figuring that out like oh i'm the bad guy like this is really shitty what we're doing <laughs> okay yeah I kind of took away the the same kind of feel from it. It's, it's all getting a little ridiculous. And the, the fact that it's like, I, I think it's on the face. They try to make it like a left-right issue. But that's obfuscation yeah. on their part, I think. Because they they get a minority of Democrats to argue against like. But the people First believe Amendment. it. They, they, they buy into it. Like, I understand it. And it's yeah. getting worse over time because, like, major, like, CBS and, like, Fox, and, well, not Fox, but well, including Fox, like, CNN, like, all of these major news corporations that need to say something for people like your parents to, like, take it as fact are also saying that the First Amendment is bad. Like, we need to curtail, like, people's speech. Like, that is a very, like, it's everywhere in modern American culture yeah. is to completely disregard the constitutional amendments 
as the judges and the court system reduce the amount of freedom like that we actually have like we don't have a fourth amendment anymore and that's like a foregone conclusion people expect not to have any privacy and that's just like accepted we have a constitutional amendment that's on the books that we should be abiding by it, it, people just ignore it and it's because of you know like mainstream news and and congress and all these politicians and all especially academics are the ones doing it too and they they obfuscate these things by turning it into a left right issue but i think at the end of the day they're going to they bombard you from every single angle with these arguments that they try to bleed it through it's like if we can get most democrats and like and like a 20% of republicans to think that we don't need freedom of speech anymore and then it's gone it's literally just gone donezo like forever like so yeah. I, that's that's the big problem for me all it's right, so we're... frustrating, man. Like, like, um, you know, I, I, I was telling you guys about like I had a conversation with my parents when like Kentonji Brown Jackson got nominated to the Supreme Court, and it's like, oh. um, you know, and and I told like I don't know if you guys watched all that shit, like fucking, um, you know, her big thing is she's a pedophile protector, and like she's really soft on pedophile, oh, like. Yeah downward departures are a normal occurrence when it comes to pedophilia crimes. Like it's like every fucking pedophile that comes across her desk. She's like, Oh no, we can't give that much of a sentence. I have to like completely break the rules that Congress has given me and say that this person needs less of a sentence. Cause we can't make that a crime. And fucking, um, you know, I told my dad that is and, he, and he's just like, well, fucking, uh, he's like, well, that's a conspiracy theory. And I'm like, is it? And I had just watched like a shitload of videos on it. And I was like, this guy's name is such and such. And he is charged with this. And he had this, this particular guy I was talking about. There was one guy that had like terabytes of like pedophilia videos that he put onto YouTube. He tried to upload them onto YouTube oh and, God. um, and he wasn't like, he wasn't like retarded or any, like, like he was retarded in the way that we would use the word, but he was not like <laughs> mentally handicapped in the conventional sense. <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> there's no medical diagnosis he, for it <laughs> no in his in his mind he's just like oh this is a great idea like you know <laughs> fucking yeah. i'm just gonna dump all this child porn onto fucking youtube and my dad like he didn't when i told him that he didn't refute it because he knows that i know what i'm talking about but like he at the same time like he wasn't expecting me to say that because his perception of reality which was molded by the news was told you know that this is how it is right and and my side that I need to defend is like this proud black woman, you know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like well, now that's re- that's stuck in. that's reality. Now I think we would agree on it if we could look at it objectively, but we just can't. Right. No. No, I agree. And my my closing comments on the uh, Taibbi Schellenberger uh, Senate hearing is that it's it's just a effectively a campaign PR piece for Jim Jordan to look good is to bring him in and show all this stuff. <laughs> oh, fuck off. <laughs> oh, I mean, like it kind of is. He he's very excited about like making his point and uh, having these these good journalists in to to talk about all the stuff that supports uh, that you know uh, his his contingency wants to hear about and get him reelected and uh, happy and all that. That's 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 you know from from the clips we saw on the the bit I watched that's. A big portion of what's going on, at least. I, I I know you well enough to know that this is a DJP, but fucking um, <laughs> is is it not? Is it not like um? Couldn't two things be true at once? That he could be excited to make this point, and it could also be a good point. 
Well, yeah, I'm not saying it's not a good point, but I mean, like, why does that point have to be made in Congress? He is, he is taking been made full advantage because he's of it, in though. Congress because and he's in the leadership position. Yeah, because of what yeah, we yeah, talked I, about I, I, earlier. I know, if, I know. if it's in the record of Congress, certain a certain type of people will just accept it as fact after that. Right, or they may it, not. They might not, may not accept yes. it as like exactly fact, but it's at least fact adjacent. You know, it, exactly it lends a lot yeah. more credibility and uh, establishment to it, yeah the story. Like the Hunter Biden laptop. When you talked about that, yeah, that's like all a, just a, a PR thing, like that's a year like ago a when you, when you talked about that, like a year ago, everybody's like, "Yeah, it's a conspiracy. That's all fake." It's like, well, what are you talking about? There's videos. It's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it, but it didn't I matter. Saw his it dick. Didn't, <laughs> It didn't matter until it was in the congressional record. Now it's like everybody's like, oh, okay, that's real. You know? Yeah. Oh, he's a crackhead. Oh, God. Who who could have guessed that? <laughs> who would have known? That's cool we, now? We, we, I literally didn't know till five minutes ago when it entered the congressional record. <laughs> okay, okay. I think I think Bob is something to show us. Uh, yes. Uh, well, I think we're doing great on time, so we're just going to jump right to Scientist Discovery. <laughs> You need to know what science discovered, you need to know today. Whether it's space or bones uncovered, it's definitely fake and gay. Scientists have discovered women's best excuse to get out of doing anything that they ever wanted to do. So, to give some insight on this, uh, future wife of both me and Josh, a physics girl on YouTube has come down with a terrible case of long COVID. I, I don't know if you guys know Physics Girl, but we've used her in a couple of episodes. She does great content. She's beautiful. She's smart. She's wonderful. And she got COVID, and then she got long COVID. And so th- she made a post on her YouTube channel on f- uh, February. And it's saying here, February 14th, and she posted this short. My wife... Uh, needs to go to the emergency room. Okay, tell me exactly what happened. Uh, my wife has a chronic disease and her doctor advised her to go in. She's been experiencing some difficulty breathing and low heart rate. Okay, so th- this clip, she's in bed. It's being recorded from like the door frame. Not even like from in like inside the room. There's like an arrow pointing towards just like a bunch of like a lump in the bed. And you can barely hear him because they're like whispering to each other. And he's saying, you just need to relax. Uh, you're okay. You're handling this great. Uh, his Her mom says, stay calm. And she says, it's hard to stay calm. And, she's, it, and then she says, it takes over my mind. Uh, and, and so they, they take her to the ER and they, they do all this stuff. And then a couple days ago, they actually gave an update on, on her channel here. So let's go ahead and listen to this. Diana's health has spiraled down to the point where she can barely move. Like she can't feed herself. And in the past week, she has been to the ER twice. Diana has uh, long COVID, and that has triggered something oh. called MECFS. It's a chronic fatigue syndrome that is extremely debilitating. And Kyle, her husband, has become her full-time caretaker. Her mom visits and helps as much as she can. But 
Her condition keeps her limited from seeing any other friends or family right now because it's too exhausting for her. So lately the way her other friends and I have been staying in touch with her is that we send little updates about our day to her husband Kyle and um, then he reads them for her at night because she hasn't been well enough to read text messages by herself. So yeah, it's, it's bad and it looks like the road to recovery is gonna be way longer than any of us ever expected. And um, we have all just been scrambling to find ways to help in this kind of impossible situation. And I know that there are a lot of you who have followed her for a long time and who have been looking for ways to help too. And Diana has a Patreon page all right, all right, all right. All right. <laughs> so, so, Josh, uh, good punchline. Josh made a very good point in this video. You see, there's a there's video of her, obviously, right, just laying around being a fucking deadbeat, and she has like three masks, like COVID mask on her face, and then she has like an eye cover and like headphones, like noise canceling headphones. They have completely blocked out all like uh all senses basically but her her eye cover is a patreon eye cover <laughs> yes no it's it's a they don't even properly have footage of her so like you said like when they a lot of the, the footage is from the doorway and like her husband talking to her in bed in in a dark room so you can't see her at all there you just have like a little uh -huh. whisper back and forth and then and then they, when they have that hospital yeah again her her face is completely covered up with a face mask and a sleep eye mask and like something else too where and like yeah headphones, headphones. Where, yeah like, you yeah you you not like a, an inch of skin is <laughs> uh like is visible and so it's one of the things where it, it's it's a weird thing where like is is it reminds me of a situation in like a story or history where you you like set up a puppet government where after like a a king dies or like in Lord of the Rings where you have uh Theoden cursed by Saruman and uh you know the, the advisor worm guy is like whispering everything in his ear like that sort of situation um where it, it's like the person isn't even isn't even there and uh, like they're getting me through this little filter of uh, in this situation her husband um I how whatever his involvement is. Have you guys ever like done this. an like introduce like what is the concept of like long COVID on the show? Like, I mean, uh, we've definitely like brought it up before, but we haven't done any. Like, it's just okay. like a scam. It's just like these like crip like very un unhealthy people. They they get sick and then they have like lingering effects of it. They're like, oh, I have like this severe brain fogginess. It's like no, that's like the standard level of of, <laughs> of consciousness that we all expected from you from the beginning. <laughs> For the unacquainted, for those that are unacquainted, you know, long COVID is is a rare type of COVID that occurs. Mostly, uh, it's it it's entirely in like, you know, lazy uh, uh, hypochondriac uh, women that uh, you know it, it it affects you in any number of different ways. But it's usually like it makes you want to stay in your bed and watch Netflix and eat ice cream and yes. just you know do a lot of other shit that these lazy type of uh, useless women generally do. Um, this this sounds like uh, very akin to uh, hashtag girl boss syndrome. <laughs> yeah, very akin. So th they're saying that Diana, she can't even feed herself. She can't shower herself. She can't stand in the. Sh she can't even read text messages by herself. Apparently, that's a thing. 
like it's and they said she mentioned in this clip her road to recovery is going to be much longer than we expected there is no recovery from everything that she's posted on her youtube and like all of her social media is that she is dying a very very slow death at this point from unknown causes and she's become a vegetable she has literally like it and it has to be a scam like this can't be real like this is a woman that's been overburdened by her anxiety and bipolar disorder and she is like in the late stages of like an ssri overdose like she she but have you considered that she's just making the whole thing up yes that's what i'm saying (laughs) yeah yeah that's so so my take on it watching these videos is that like it's like an ARG like augmented reality game sort of thing where they're intentionally telling a fictional story here but playing it off as real kind of like a found footage sort of uh, thing and right. but they they played their hand with the Patreon sleep eye mask that, that's a little bit too overt for what they're doing here where it's like oh this video has been brought to you by Patreon uh, uh, Diana's Patreon. Go, go support her and. Uh, if you hate COVID, extras. donate here. You know, <laughs> please support this woman's need to never work a day in her life, never get out of her bed, and stop watching Netflix. Like, because this is like every woman's dream. Oh, I can just pretend I have long COVID, and I literally <laughs> am handicapped for the rest of my life, and the gov- like uh, people will just take care of me. Like, sign me up. So Honestly, I mean, it's it's less uh, so I'm, I'm, it's I'm less shameful than starting an OnlyFans, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yes, good point. I yeah okay. Uh, True, we're just yeah. right. <laughs> props, props to her these for video, keeping these her dignity. Doing well too. They're still getting millions of views just talking about uh, like having very vague footage and having a like very um you know nondescript uh monologues about her not being able to do anything right she she's too she's too sick to even read a text message by herself right what, what are they doing like tapping morse code on her hand like the only sensory input that she's well, allowed just whispering it to her oh my god yeah but she has like the I, noise canceling headphones uh, oh, an eye yeah, mask and That's... a face mask like like i said like she can't breathe under there she hasn't left a dark room in like six months i presume have you guys like, ever worn, like, you guys have been on an airplane, like, you know, in 2020, 2021, whatever, yeah. when they were back when they were really strict on masks, so like, you know, uh, been in a situation where you've had to wear a mask for a long period of time. Don't you just feel like winded? Like you're just, you don't feel right. Like you, yeah. I don't know. It's called oxygen it's st- deprivation. Stale air, stale air, rebreathing <laughs> yeah. carbon dioxide, the thing. Yeah. And I yeah. feel like I'm like coughing and shit afterwards. It's like, I feel like this made me sick. Yeah, it it your like your lungs feel like raspy afterwards, like a dry yeah. cough. You you sound incredulous, Wardna. Um, are you suggesting that masks like wouldn't work to make you sick? <laughs> <laughs> I think they work to make you sick. Uh, God. I, I also I, I think it's kind of funny. Mas- too, masks work. Like- it depends on what you mean by that. <laughs> I think it's funny too that they're describing this uh, every time as long COVID, but then they, then they give the name of a uh, I'll say more acceptable or more established um, uh, chronic fatigue syndrome, also called myalgic encephalomyelitis. Fibro myalgia, fibromyalgia. yeah, that's a classic yeah, yeah, one. Yeah, um, encephalomyelitis, yeah, that. Uh, but they're they're like saying it's long COVID, but then like describing something that's uh, you know 
not necessarily better understood, but that's more of an established thing or that is a, a, a thing. And but it, it's still long COVID. Don't worry. Definitely caused by long COVID. <laughs> Isn't fibromyalgia just a term that people use to mean like you are not sick at all, but you think you are? Or you, we can't explain your sickness, but we can't prove that you're not sick. It's like <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah, yeah, I don't know, but probably. Uh, yeah, the, uh, oh, this hat. Yeah, it's, it sounds like yeah, medical condition defined by the presence of chronic widespread pain, fatigue, waking on unfre- uh, <laughs> waking unrefreshed. Cognitive it's one of those things. If if you go, if you go, it's nondescript. Yeah. If you go to the hospital or you go to the doctor and you say like I have chronic pain, they can't. There's they can't tell you no. You know what I mean? Because it's yeah, all like yeah, your yeah. own personal feeling. And I, and I personally like I actually have like chronic back pain. You know, and I've been told that I've been I've I've been in the position where I've felt like going to the doctor that they they feel like I'm the same as one of those people. You know what I mean? And that mm-hmm. fucking sucks. But. Um, <laughs> I think, but there is definitely a, a such thing as a type of person who is just making up shit, you know? Yes. And I, I think that is this case with Physics Girl. And it's just so, like, cause she's, she posted, like, one other video where she was just like, oh, I just can't do anything. And it's like, I don't think you want to do anything. I don't think you actually care. But I also think... Because, like, it could just be, like, an overactive, like, anxiety attack, basically. Because when she said in that first, like, YouTube short, she was like, you have to stay calm. She was like, it it consumes my thoughts. This this sickness that I have, it's consuming my thoughts. It's like, oh, yeah, that totally is totally normal. Um, That's totally a symptom of COVID. Just your brain, (laughs) it it fucking eats your brain, like 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 it's a fucking demon from another dimension. Like at this point, too, she has zero outside stimulus or like interaction with the world or anything else to actually fill her thoughts, other than her sitting in a dark room pondering how she ended up in this situation, pondering her orb. (laughs) However, you 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 two seem to be um, dismissing the. 10 years of uh, highly credible and highly scientific and highly uh, honest videos that um, this magnificent woman has made. So, I'll say it this, uh, I'll say it this way. She's, she spent the last three years. Don't think she's what, making it up. It's what made me fall in love with her, Josh, please. <laughs> <laughs> she spent the last three years pondering her orb and her orb is COVID and she's not giving it up. <laughs> Yeah, she needs I, I, she needs to be one with the orb. It's either a complete grift, or it's a combination of it being a grift and her being so like yeah like traumatized by the news media and traumatized by being like a hypochondriac regarding COVID and just like the threat level that that actually gave to her. Because it's like you know those people that like when COVID hit they they bunkered down they lost their shit. Like, they were terrified. There were people that were terrified. And I think that she's taken yeah. that to an extreme on like a, at a mental level. And it's it's been growing ever since. And I think that's what's going on here. Oh, yeah. There, there was people three years ago that was like, you know, it's zombie virus. It's the end of the fucking world. It's like the scariest thing that ever happened. And then those same people, like a year later, there was a, a you know, a bunch of them that were like, they were still playing it up. Like, this is the biggest, scariest, and, like, all of the incentive in the world was for that type of person to say, this is the biggest, scariest thing that ever happened. And so, yes. like, yeah. if they haven't given up on it at that point, it's like, she's gone multiple years 
saying that this is the biggest scare and believing it in her head at this point. You know, too, it's like that can do some severe psychological damage on somebody, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's probably just been building and building. And she's like, oh, my God, I have like a, a like, oh, I'm fatigued. I, I better take a nap. And it's like, oh, my God, I napped for four hours today. Like, oh, I'm so depressed because I wasted all that time. And then it's just like this endless cycle of her being depressed, anxious, like terrified. And she's like, she just won't get up. It's like, you, you dumb bitch. Like, just open the window, take off the eye mask. Like, get the headphones off. Like, look at... Don't look at the yeah. sun. Get in the sun. No, Bob, Bob. <laughs> you, 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 start, you started out on the right track. It is a classic case of Sleeping Beauty. She just needs love's... True true love's kiss to wake her up from this terrible nightmare. I'm coming, baby. You guys know what... You guys know what I'm saying, though? Like, 2020, like, you know, th- there was there was a period of time where we were, like, all basically locked in our fucking houses, you know? And, like, there was times where I was, like, I was getting cabin fever sitting in here, and it was, like, I, I fucking... I, was, I mean, I was going to the park and working out every day, so I don't, I don't know. Man, I was getting sunlight. <laughs> Dude, I went down to the right, coffee so shop down the, down the street, and there was cops in the coffee shop, like, saying only X amount of people can be in here at one time. And, like, it, you know, it was weird back then, man. And, and like... There was a period of time where it was starting to get to me like a little bit, but like imagine this bitch. She's bought into it hook, line, and sinker from day one. You know, and she spent the last few years just living in that reality. That's like that's frightening. Yep. Just even that, thinking about it is like crazy, you know? Yeah, it was like martial law back then. It, it was quite literally martial law. People were arrested, they were taken in, like deprived of their rights, basically. Yeah. Completely. But picture completely but insane. picture that. And you just bought into it wholesale and you just like when it, yeah. it, it, whatever, whatever you did for it, just imagine you did that times a hundred. That psychological trauma is what's catching up to her. In, yeah. in my opinion, it's like, whatever, like they're, they're not going to like be like, oh, you have lupus or something like that. They're not going to find some like, like actual, yeah. like documented disease or illness that she has that they're going to be like, oh, it's fixed. Like, no, like, uh, She's either going to get over it or she's just going to like become a human vegetable and just, yeah, she's nothing. not going to die. She's not going to die either. I mean, she's going to, she's either going to recover or she's going to fucking kill herself. You know? I mean, that's, that's yeah, how this hell. ends. Word to gun to your head. Is she grifting or has she willed herself into sickness? She's willed herself into sickness. She's not, yeah. she's not grifting. I, I don't I think, think that's she's like grifting. the most probable. I think that's, that's the most probable outcome here. Like she's so manic and depressed and anxious that she has convinced herself that she's, she's dying and has no energy to, to read a text message by herself. She's in, she's in like a severe, like mental hole and there's and, no way and to. The, the more that, that she lays in a dark room with noise canceling headphones on with like an eye mask over yeah. her face like the worst Dude, and her fucking get. husband is enabling it too it's like that guy's yeah. not helping Yo, what the fuck is his story <laughs> it's like it's like the the vault dwellers like people like locked in a cave for like like a decade you know they come out like fucking like weird hermits that have like ticks and shit they're like yeah oh, you know they're twitching it's like that's what oh no that's exactly cut. what it is yeah <laughs> yeah but she's the one locking herself in the cave for whatever reason Hey, so. that's that, so. So no, that that's it. We're taking bets. Um, uh, before or after uh, we land on the moon again, will a physics girl uh, wake up from her eternal slumber? Oh, that's a good one. Uh, no, no, no. I, I, I think here's my prediction: we land on the moon, and then literally within seventy-two hours of us landing on the moon, 
she'll post a video. She'll post it. She's like, I'm better. <laughs> oh I think I, so. I think she. I think she's gonna get over it like this year. I, I think she'll drag and, it all in as long as she can. Yeah. And we're never going. Think, we're never going back to the moon. <laughs> I think. I think the grift. Okay, fine. The uh, the grift is going on through 2023. Um, I don't think it's going on past that though. I, I think it'll I think it'll go to 2025 at least yeah, that's the moon landing schedule okay. the official 20, scheduling uh, yep a- April 2025. Okay. She thinks she's gonna be in that fucking sunken place for like three years. <laughs> if she doesn't just just lose hope and dies, <laughs> yeah. She what was that shit from? Did you yeah, see that movie? Um, Get Out. Remember that shit with the no. T? It was like it, they called it like the sunken place or whatever. Like oh, it was it was some shit where there's like. You know, they had like there was a tea. There was like an old white lady that would like stir the tea, and the, that would like hypnotize them, and they would just go into this. They called it like the sunken place or something, where they just go, <laughs> they just you know, collapse. They, their brain would just they'd be falling into another dimension or something. It would like it would I'd just like destroy them. them. That's like what she is right now. That's See, too my, cool. My, for... my other theory is uh, she had just been doing some arctic videos uh up towards the north pole and like uh the submarine in the arctic and all that my theory is that she uh she to follow that up she went and recorded a video of antarctica but she uh she saw something she shouldn't have and now she's uh, either being silenced or her soul is ripped from her body or something like that <laughs> that's that's now, where she, I was now she's a deaf mute <laughs> she's just a soulless husk that's walking around the planet now she she's become <laughs> helen helen keller now that Azazel, she's been to Antarctica, <laughs> yeah, Azazel devoured her soul when she went and reported on uh, Antarctica. <laughs> All right, holy I mean, shit, she is like a fucking Helen Keller now. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks uh, for listening, everyone. There is no uh, voicemail this week because it's been down for two weeks. We have gotten that fixed, so please give us a call at eight three three six 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 nine eleven. That'd be great, and we'll love to hear from all of our very dedicated fans thank you for listening see you next week whatever fuck this shit i have a playstation raincoat don't tell me you don't like my show you've got mail what the fuck